right, everybody, welcome to Sunday night service. Amen. Who's glad to be in the house of the Lord on this warm evening? Yeah. You know what? I'll still take it over summer. I will still take it over summertime. All right. Well, we're going to have a good time together tonight in the house of the Lord. And uh, you made a good decision to rough the elements and come hear the word of God. And we're going to bring some fire to you tonight. I'm really excited about God's word. It's going to be a great evening. All right. Let's stand up together. Amen. Well, did you see my mom there? Wow. That was a pretty slick move, mom. <laughs> For a lady in her early 40s, that was pretty good. Wow. All right, uh, we're going to go ahead and open up by speaking some words of faith over our beloved United States of America. All right, let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise tonight, and then you may be seated. All right, just got a couple of announcements. Uh, we're kind of taking the month of January to catch our breaths because December was jam-packed. I mean, what year like me, we had events every night of the month, and so I'm still catching my breath on that. But that's why January's not uh, too full, but that's a good thing. All right, so want to keep reminding you, all right, the 23 calendars are available, so make sure you get one. You don't want to be the only person that didn't get one. Wouldn't that be embarrassing? Let's just say that someone comes over for dinner, and they're like uh, in your kitchen, and they're looking around and like, whoa, you don't have a 2023 HDW calendar you don't want i mean that that would just that would be so embarrassing i don't even want to go there but you need to get one all right you need to get one that's all i'm going to say about that you got to have one all right now um the next thing that we're 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 months in advance on this but this is one of those things that you got to start planning months in advance um the uh, 23 Honduras trip is going to be taking place in June, okay? And we're super excited. We got a lot of people signed up that are interested in this. I'm going to pass this around. And again, this is an interest sign-up sheet. This is not signing you up or what anything like that. But um, next Sunday morning after the 10 a.m. service, we are having an interest meeting for those that are potentially interested in going. And that will be with Miss Cindy Grow, our missions coordinator. And uh, the trip, again, is going to be um, approximately around June 15th to 23rd, somewhere in there, about one week long. And we're going to Honduras to the New Life Christian School down there with Ron and Annette Thiessen. And there is no shortage of things for us to do that we can help them out with and be a blessing to the kids. And so Cindy will have a lot more information on on that in the coming weeks, but if you at all feel the Lord kind of nudging your heart about going, sign up and just go, uh, you know, see what it's all about, see what it's going to take to get down there, but it'll be a really, really life-changing experience. If you have never gone out of the United States, all right, and I'm not talking about like, you know, across the border to Canada or something, that's fun, but that's not really roughing it. I'm talking about if you've never gone to a nation that is really hurting and in need, it is a life changing experience. It will open your eyes and it'll make you grateful, but it'll give you a heart 
for others. And we all need that. So anyway, um, there's that. And the first step is getting your passport. If you don't have that, you can't go anyway. So make sure you get on board with getting that. All right. Well, that is all the announcements for tonight. That's kind of short, but who knows what time it is now? Yeah, you're right. How'd you know? Well, you guys are smart. Okay. Yeah, it's happy time, right? Does my dad know it's happy time? He does. All right. Very good. Well, here comes pastor. Let's go ahead and give it up for him. Yeah, come on. All right. Going to do our Sunday evening tithes and offerings. Amen. I got it. Don't worry. Look how quick he moved. Uh, Hey, hey, uh, Pastor Dave, watch out when you tell mom, look how quick she moves. She moves quick all the time. We may be getting older, but we're not old. (laughs) Glory to God. Look at all these happy faces. Hey, man, does anybody need an envelope for your tithes for your offerings? All right, let's look at Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to look at verse 19. And Philippians 4.19. Does anybody ever quote that verse? Well, I'm glad I'm teaching this tonight. This, this, this is a passage you need to learn and not just to quote it. You need to learn to quote it. You need to live it. Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all of your need according to how well our country's been led what they're doing with the money. <laughs> According to what? His riches and glory by Christ Jesus, but by God. And so he's talking about some things in these previous verses, but I want you to look up at uh, verse 15. Now this sets up verse 19. He said, now, now, now you church at Barstow, which could fit right in there just as good, we're a Christian church. The church of Philippi was a Christian church. said, now you Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning. Now look at this. Giving and what? Receiving. Giving and receiving, but you only. Sowing and reaping. Giving and receiving. Seed time and harvest. They all go together. He says, nobody can participate with that offering for those missionaries but you. And so he's talking about people that help support missionaries right here mainly. It's concerning giving and receiving. For even in Thessalonica, you sent once again unto my necessity, not because I desire a gift. Wasn't that just the opposite of what the world lies to you about preachers? He said, not that I desire your money, but what did he say? I desire fruit. They may abound to your account. The Bible teaches about heavenly accounts. God keeps books. God keeps records. And I think about the Acts chapter 10 when there was a man named Cornelius, Roman army officer, that an angel of the Lord come to him and said, said, said your prayers and your alms, your offerings have come up before God. God's seen your prayers and God's seen what you're doing for the poor. He said, so I'm going to send a man to talk to you. And that's when Peter came and preached the gospel to Cornelius, a Roman. And that's when, that's when the gospel was opened up to the Gentiles. But the thing that thing that uh, that the Bible emphasizes is that there was a man that was a devout man, but he's also a giving man, and God took note of that. And so he says right here, fruit that may abound to your account. He said, I have all and abound. I'm full. 
have received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, in odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. And so he said that we give, we support missions and things like that. God doesn't say, well, that stinks. He said, that's a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. You know, I heard a preacher talking a while back about some kind of revival he was going to have. And he said, this man won't take up an offering. He said, he don't believe in taking up offerings. I thought, I don't want to hear anything he's got to say then because he doesn't believe God's way. He doesn't believe the Bible. God's the one that said it. He said, but my God shall supply all of your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus and accounts. And so I learned a long time ago that I don't base my needs to take care of my family on how much I make when I was a truck driver, how much I get as a preacher. And so I base, I base my living on my giving. Hey man, I base my living on my giving. I was talking to a man yesterday. We were talking about some different things about life and living, the economy. And I said, I said, I believe what I preach in my church. That I believe that God will take care of us even with the, if the government fails. And you know, if our government keeps going the direction that they're going, a lot of things going on, there's going to become a day if our country doesn't turn that all these people that depend on the government for their, for their health care. For their food, for everything they got, but all of a sudden one day, because I tell you what, uh, God will not be mocked. Galatians chapter six says, "You'll not be mocked. Whatsoever man soweth, that shall also reap. Whatsoever country soweth, that shall they also reap." And I know by experience, at one point in time, I got too much in debt, and it wasn't that I was buying frivolous things. As my church was having trouble, I used my own money to try to bail them out. I signed my house as collateral to build a church building. And then when things didn't make it, I lost my house. I lost my car. And I come to find out that because my name wasn't the United States government where I just spend money that I don't have to pay back, that they really did. They took everything. And that's going to happen in America someday if things don't change. And so I'm not saying doom and gloom stuff. I'm saying, but my God shall supply all the samples family need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Our health care, our food, our housing, everything we need, God's going to supply because I'm not dependent. I'm not dependent on what man does for me. And so because I do what God wants me to do, I tithe, I give, and I'm going to talk right. No matter, no matter how bad things make look or not look, I'm going to stay the same. My God supplies all of my need. My God supplies all of my need. I've got an account in heaven. And every time, every time I pay my tithes or I give offerings, not only in church, but I give money to other people. Every time I do, God's saying, that's a sweet smell. Where's that coming from? Oh, that's, that's Bernie Samples down on earth. He just gave another offering to my people. He's helping me. And God says, oh, that smells good. Isn't that what the word says? Amen. So I'm just, I want to keep on exhorting the people I have influence in your lives that keep on tithing, keep on giving, keep on talking right. If gas price gets up the to the place where they say, well, gas now, you don't even have a ration card like they did back in World War II in days like that. Say, glory to God, I got a ration card. It's called Malachi 3. Philippians chapter 4 puts gas in my car. I've always got more than enough. Say, I've always, I've always got more than enough. Say that. Because my God supplies all of my need according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Well, let's stand up and make our financial faith confession.
You know, I don't know about you, but stuff like that helps me because I, I, I don't, I don't feed on the news all the time. I see enough of it to know that things are serious and I got to stay more serious about the Word of God. Amen. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raise the bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritance, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings that increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all my financial needs so I have more than enough to take care of my family, give justice to the kingdom of God, promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Feel free to join us at the altar as we worship tonight. The King of all creation set aside his crown. A servant to the Father's love descended from his throne above. Author of salvation giver of new life crucified to pay for sin our righteousness is in the name of Jesus every heart and tongue confess your name above all names all things of this earth Belong to you forever, you will reign. God of resurrection. Conqueror of death Ruler over everything The Lord, the Lord And King of kings is Jesus Every heart and tongue Confess your name Above all names All things of this earth Belong to you forever, you will reign. Highly exalted is the name of Jesus Christ. Heaven and earth declare all praise to Jesus Christ. Highly exalted is the name. Jesus Christ, heaven and earth declare all praise to Jesus. Every heart and tongue confess your name above all names. All things of this earth belong to you. Time listening, highly exalted. <laughs> 
Jesus. We worship you tonight, Jesus. There's nobody like you. There's nobody else that we would worship. There's nobody else that we would give praise to other than you. We love you, Jesus. We thank you. We thank you. We ask that you have your way in here tonight, Jesus. Thank you, Father. You know, I was as we're singing that, I'm reminded of when Jesus was riding into Jerusalem there, getting ready to be crucified. And every man, all these little kids and stuff, they're waving these palm branches and yelling, Hosanna, Hosanna. And the crabby old people are like, man, tell the kids to shut up. And Jesus said, hey, if they don't sing praises, the rocks will have to cry out and praise because I'm going to get praised either way. It's just going to happen. Amen. And so I've determined in my life, man, there's not a chance in the world that a rock, I'm going to get replaced by a rock, right? We're replacing the cashiers and everything with robots already. Don't outsource my job to a rock. I'm going to give Jesus praise because he deserves it. And it's the least that I can do for what he's done for me. Amen. Let's give the Lord some praise together tonight. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You are good. Your mercy endures forever. And we do say Hosanna. 
Hosanna to you, Jesus. We praise your name, Father. And we ask that you would speak to us tonight. Give us the truth, Lord. We want everything you've got for us. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you are. Have your way in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give him one more shout of praise tonight. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God is good. All the time. Amen. All right. Well, you may be seated this evening. Praise the Lord. We're going to get into the word here, but man, what a good time of worship. I just really felt the anointing of God in here as we are worshiping tonight. Amen. Well, that paves the way for God's word to go forth. You know, Jesus told the story of the sower sowing the word or the farmer planting the seed. And, and there's all these different types of soil that the seeds planted on. It's the same seed, but just different levels of soil. And any time that the word of God is brought forth, you know, we're not preaching one sermon to this section over here then another one to this section over here and then one to the people in the back no 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 it's the same word but the results will depend on the heart that receives it and so there's some hard hearts there's some shallow hearts there's some thorn hearts but then there's some hearts that are good soil and jesus said that the seed that landed on that soil it produced a crop that was in some cases 100 times as much has been planted that is an outrageous percentage of growth and so as we bring forth the word of god tonight just determine that you have a soft heart you have a good heart that's made of good soil and watch what God's word can do. Can you imagine one seed hitting your heart and producing a hundred more seeds and really doing something in your life? I love it. Amen. Well, this morning I told you what the the sermon's going to be about tonight. And the title is this. It's called blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are the peacemakers. And, and the other day I was just praying about what to, what to, which direction to go tonight. And this is the direction the Lord led me. And, uh, and so really it's based off of the most famous sermon of all time called the Sermon on the Mount. When Jesus preached this in Matthew chapter five. And I mean, you know, there's a lot of cool Bible events that I would have wanted to be there for, but I would have loved to have been here for this sermon. I mean, it is the most famous sermon ever preached. And, and, and Jesus just really, really hit a lot of stuff in it. But he said something very particular in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 9. And we're going to look at that. So Matthew 5 verse 9, let's go there. Who's excited for the word of God tonight? I'm excited, man. I love the word of God. I love people that will brave the uh, the rain and come out to church. Amen. <laughs> I know sometimes growing up when I was a kid... You know, we would have snow emergencies when we would, uh, they would close the roads down and stuff. And I'd look at that. Dad, are we still having church? Man, what do you think? Of course we are. We're having church. We'll cancel that. And when I worked at FedEx, uh, with, they, I think they said out of the, at, at that point, like 40 year history of Indianapolis being the, the second main hub, they had shut down one day ever. And that was the day after 9-11. But, uh, but you had to go to work no matter what. You better find a way to get to work because packages had to get out. And the way that I've just always, you know, been like, hey, I, you know, if it's raining, I'll still go to work. Right. Why? Because there's money attached to it. I mean, you know, it's not because I just love work. I mean, I love my job. Don't get me wrong. I do love what I do. But but listen, you know, I found out that if there's an, if there's like a, an incredible playoff game, if there's even just a lousy 
football game going on. There are knuckleheads that will go sit in 20 below zero with rain and snow and sleet. I mean, there could be lightning crashing down and like ponies blowing up on the field and just, I mean, bombs falling from the sky, but they're there for their team. And you know, and, and then, and then they're like, Oh, you're going to church. I thought it was raining. Like, What's your deal, man? Come on. There's not money attached, but there's the blessing of God on my life. And I've got a soft heart. And when that word hits this heart, it's going to produce a crop and a harvest that is 100 times as much as has been planted. Amen. And so, yeah, I'm going to be here and I'm glad that you guys are here and we're going to have a great time tonight. So Matthew chapter five. And verse 9, and Jesus, this is called the Beatitudes. And sometime I think we'll do a whole series on this. But uh, right here, Matthew chapter 5, getting down to verse 9, Jesus says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Amen. The children of God, the daughters of God, they shall be called the sons of God. Now, this is a verse that I quote all the time to my kids because when they start arguing or fighting and say, well, he started it. Well, guess what? Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. I don't care who started it. I am called of God to be a peacemaker. Amen. And so what does blessed mean and what does peacemaker mean well blessed this word that jesus used in this particular instance is a greek word makarios and it means fortunate well off and happy i'm going to say it again the word blessed in this particular verse uh greek word makarios it means fortunate well off and happy well let me ask you in here do you want to be fortunate I mean, I personally, yes, I'd rather be fortunate than unfortunate. Uh, you know, would you rather be well off? Who wants to be well off? Yeah, who wants to be happy? You got the joy of the Lord. Yeah. All right. And so we could say it this way. Fortunate, well off and happy are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God. And a peacemaker, that's simply someone who works for and maintains peace. I love it. Somebody that knows how to make peace. And so we're going to look at a few things tonight regarding being a peacemaker. And, you know, I just believe that if more Christians got a hold of this, and honestly, this is elementary level Christianity. This is the Beatitudes. This is, I mean, this is not the deeper things of God right here. This is pretty basic stuff. But if more Christians got this about being a peacemaker wow it would you would see a difference man you'd see a difference everywhere and so i want us to get a hold of this tonight all right so let's pray we're going to look at a few things here about being a peacemaker father in jesus name we thank you lord for your word jesus we thank you that you gave us everything we need to make it through life right here in the instruction book Thank you, Jesus, for giving this to us. Lord, I pray that as we look at our Bibles tonight, as we hear your word, that you'll speak to us, Lord. And we're not we're not asking you to tell us what we want to hear. We're asking you to tell us what we need to hear, Lord, because we realize that sometimes we're messed up. Sometimes we need a little help, and we don't want to stay the same. We want to get better and better and be more and more like you. So speak to us tonight and change us for your glory. In the name of Jesus, can somebody say amen? All right, here we go. Buckle up. It's going to be a fun ride. Number one, hey, you're going to be a peacemaker. You don't go looking for a fight. Yeah. 
Now, there's peacemakers and there's peace takers, all right? You know, what are you going to be? Now, I know some people that they're peace takers. You could have a wonderful room and then here comes the peace taker and they just want to find a way to blow in, blow up, and blow out. And I'm not looking for that, man. I'm looking for the peacemakers. Now, being a peacemaker is not being a pushover or a coward. Jesus was neither of those things. Jesus was not a coward. Jesus was not a pushover. But I can tell you, even to this day, because we you, gotta, you don't think of Jesus as being some historical figure in the past. You realize he's still alive in 2022. He actually hasn't even changed. He's the exact same because Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's the, he's the same. He's just seated at the right hand of the Father right now. But the very presence of Jesus 2,000 years ago simply just ticked some people off. He'd walk into the room and people I mean, tick some people off. When you're full of the devil, the presence of Jesus will tick you off. Same thing happens today. You wonder why some people just don't like you. Well, you've got the presence of Jesus. And when you walk into the room, Jesus just walked into the room. And the devil in them can't stand that. And it ticks them off. Like, man, what's their deal? Well, Jesus just showed up, man. And it ticks them off. They don't like it. But you got to know this, that Jesus never backed down from the truth. At the same time, he didn't go poking and hurting people either. He wasn't looking to start a fight. Sometimes things happen, but it wasn't because he was trying to start something. And sometimes you're not looking for a fight. I get that. But sometimes a fight's looking for you. You ever been there? <laughs> You've been there, right? And I I know this much. When you simply stand up for the truth in our day and age, you'll stir up the mob sometimes. It's the truth of the matter. And you aren't out there poking them. You're just living your beliefs. And I've heard so many stories from different ones of you guys, our church family and different people. Maybe someone at work comes up and asks your opinion on one of the hot topics of the day. You didn't offer it. They asked you. Well, what's your opinion? Well, the Bible says this. What do they do? They get angry. You hater, you bigot, you uned—I had a whole list of names, uh, uneducated, uh, you know, all this stuff. And I, I had someone call me that. I'm like, I've got a bachelor's degree, and you made it to eighth grade. I don't think it's my education level. I'm not bragging. I'm not like proud of. It. I'm just—I'm more educated than you. It's just I don't know why you called me that. But at the same time, there's a whole list of names that they'll call you, and you weren't even out there throwing it. In. They asked you. And all you did was answer what, well, the Bible says this, and they blow up at you, all right? And so that happens sometimes, but you're going to get this. There's a difference between, this is going to be a nugget. I don't often say that, but uh, this is a good one. All right? I'm just gonna, I think you should write this one down. I feel this. I feel an anointing on this phrase that I'm getting ready to go, all right? So just, you can quote me on this, all right? There's a difference between being persecuted for your faith and being persecuted for being a doofus, all right? I'm going to say that again because somebody needs to hear that tonight. Amen. All right. There's a difference between being persecuted for your faith and being persecuted for being a doofus. That's D-U-F-A-S. Doofus. D-U-F-A-S. All right. So if you want scripture on that, I'll be glad to provide it. So First Peter chapter 4. Let's go over there. First Peter chapter 4. Sometimes people are like, man, I've been getting persecuted lately. I don't know why. It's just, I'm like, well, listen, it, Sometimes you're persecuted just for living a godly life and it takes the world off. And sometimes, you know, you're really not you're you're not getting persecuted because you're so godly. It's because you're stirring stuff up. That's called being a doofus. All right. And so 
1 Peter chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. And here's what Peter had to say. And man, this guy, I love him. 1 Peter 4, verse 14. So be happy when you are insulted for being a Christian. For then the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. All right? So it's one thing to be persecuted just for being a Christian, right? And it says that that's a good, be happy about that. For then the glorious spirit of God rests upon you. But verse 15, if you suffer, however, it must not be for murder, stealing, making trouble, prying into other people's affairs. (gasps) Verse 16, but it's no shame to suffer for being a Christian. Praise God for the privilege of being called by his name man that is a word right there this is from peter right we're talking about peter here he was rough and tough this man was not a sissy i mean remember the time he cut somebody's ear off with a sword all right peter's not a coward and a pushover we get that much but he seems to have grown and mellowed out a little bit by the time that he wrote first and second peter than from the time he was cutting people's ears off and cussing them out right you know, I hear people like, I'm like Peter, I cuss people out. Listen here, I'm going to say it again, doofus. He didn't stay like that. He quit doing that. All right? He, the goal is, not no, no, I heard somebody say that. I'm like, why would you say that and brag about it? Peter didn't, Peter repented for it. He quit doing it. He grew up. He didn't stay there. That was a shameful moment in his life. And Jesus called him out on it, okay? And so, yeah, Peter was... Far from perfect, but the man grew up. He didn't stay where he was at in the Gospels. He grew up and became an incredible pillar of the Christian faith. But Peter says right here, it's one thing to suffer and get persecuted and get everybody angry at you just for being a Christian and live your faith. It's another thing if it's because you're causing trouble, prying into other people's affairs, even murdering, all right? Don't murder someone and say, I'm just being persecuted. The cops are after me now. And I, no, you kind of brought that on yourself, right? Or stealing. There's a whole list of things right here. That's not called persecution. That's called you brought it on yourself. There's a difference right there. And so let's look at Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 3. I have a feeling some of you are wishing you had stayed home from the rain tonight. We're... But praise God, you know, if the shoe fits, just wear it and, you know, no one will know it's you. We'll keep we'll keep moving forward. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse three. But we're talking about blessed are the peacemakers. They're fortunate. They are well off. They are happy. They're filled with joy. The peacemakers are. All right. So Proverbs 20 and verse three, it says avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Only Fools insist on quarreling. Wow, what a word right there, man. That's deep. You know, and I know many people were taught that avoiding a fight is a mark of shame. Well, you back down from that fight. You're, you're shameful. That's terrible. Well, the word of God says otherwise. It says avoiding a fight is a mark of honor. Only a stinking fool insist on quarreling. Now, does this mean to get bullied and never defend yourself? No. But it does mean that fighting and quarreling is not option A, right? There's a time for defending yourself, and I get it. You're not going to sit there and get your brains beat out. No one's telling you to do that. But if that's your go-to, something's wrong. Only a fool does that. 
only a fool insists on quarreling. And you know, there's an old quote from Mark Twain, but he says, never argue with a fool. They'll bring you down to their level and beat you with experience. <laughs> yeah, they're great at it, man. You know, any, I know some fools. You know any fools? All right, hands down. But, you know, they're great at what they do. That's how they've, like, made a life out of it for so long. They're super good at it. And when you try to get roped into that, they're just going to beat you simply by experience. They don't even have to have good points. They're just really good at what they do. All right, Proverbs 19, verse 11. Just flip back a page here. Proverbs 19, verse 11. I love it. Who loves the word of God? Some heavy revy for you tonight. Come on. Proverbs 19 and verse 11. It says, sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. What I thought the way I earned respect was I demand it. I mean, whatever, but that's not what the Bible says. <laughs> the Bible says that you earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Come on, man. I don't want you to respect me because I've demanded it out of you and I've forced you into it. I don't even care about that. I don't even, I don't want that. I want people to respect me because I've been so godly and I've overlooked wrongs and I've turned the other cheek and I've gone the extra mile. Amen. That's how I want respect in this life. And most troublemakers and drama starters I know are people that complain about not getting any respect. Right? You'll never earn respect if you can't control your temper or overlook things. Come on. You know, and it's the word of God. It's not even, this is the word of God. Sensible people control their temper. They earn respect by overlooking wrongs. Amen. And if you think I'm picking on you tonight, I wrote this sermon a year ago. So I'm just going to tell you that right now. I've just been sitting on this one. But this, <laughs> the, the, this is something that I've been sitting on for a long time. Number two, all right? Number two, talking about being a peacemaker. Number one, you don't go looking for a fight. I mean, sometimes, yeah, it's looking for you. But, hey, number two, don't start drama. Don't start drama. Question, what's the opposite of blessed? Anyone? Cursed, yeah. Cursed. So if blessed are the peacemakers, cursed are the drama makers, the peace takers, the fighters, the fools. All right. So I want to be blessed. I want to be fortunate. I want to be well off. I want to have joy and, and, and happiness. All right. And, and that is not going to happen. I'll be, you know, I'll cursed if I'm none of those things. And so, sadly, I would say everyone knows people that thrive on drama, right? It's just kind of their MO. It fuels them. You know, it's their coffee, so to speak. It's what gets them going. And with social media, it's made the problem much, much worse in this world. And I mainly noticed that, what people, that you know, the drama with people that maybe had unstable upbringings or they had a, a family that was prone to drama. And let's get real. I get it. When you had something modeled in front of you, it's extremely hard to break the mold. It's hard, but it is possible, right? And, 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 and really none of us can have this excuse when we get to heaven and stand before God and say, I get it. I never overcame that, but this is the family I came from. Okay. Well, I personally come from a family of raging alcoholics <laughs> and you know, it took one man out of that entire samples family. All right. 
seven kids, all right? And everybody, I mean, I listen to my uncles, and, and they, they go back and brag, yeah, man, you should have seen your great-great-granddaddy. Woo-wee! That boy could drink, whoa, and fight. And I'm like, gosh, I'm related to him? Oh, it's embarrassing, you know? I'm not a proud of that. It's a shameful thing. I, I'm serious. And so, you know, there was a curse on the Samples family of alcoholism, and that's been enough my entire life to keep me away because I'm well aware one drop, and it would probably overtake me. I'm just being serious. And I've got an addictive personality already, you know. I get in, I'm either all in or I'm all out. And so I know if I were to just start drinking, it'd be all in for me. I have very intentionally stayed away from alcohol because I know the death grip it has had on my family for generations. I hate it. Despise this stuff. And so my dad was the first one, all right, to break the curse on the Samples family. And I love him for that. But it's Jesus. Amen. It's because he got a hold of Jesus. And so in your life, maybe there's been a generational curse of drama and fighting and, and just you know, gossip and backstabbing, man. You be the one to break the curse over your family. Amen. It maybe ran into the family until it ran into you. Eh? And then it stopped in the name of Jesus. But I know that when something has been patterned in front of you, it's hard to break it, but it's not impossible. For with God, all things are possible, and you're still responsible. We all give an account for our lives. Everybody will stand before God someday when this life is all over. And I'm sorry, just because something was a bigger struggle for you, doesn't mean that you're excused from fighting the good fight of faith and, and and doing your best to overcome this thing, right? Because what's hard for you may not be a struggle for me, but what's a struggle for me might be the biggest struggle you have. Either way, we're both accountable to God, and you can't say, yeah, well, no fair, it was extra hard for me. Well, hey, what, what are you going to do about that? You know, I look at our education system, right? And I was horrific at math, okay, really bad. Now, at U.S. History, man, I was a rock star. Like, I walked into the room, and people were like, whoo! But I was terrible, horrendous at math. In fact, I, I don't like science. I can't, it's not my thing at all. My mind doesn't work that way. But I found out that when I came to the teacher and said, it's not fair, this is extra hard for me, they're like, too bad. you got to learn it just like everybody else. Just because it's easy for this girl over here doesn't matter. You still, you're, the, the standard doesn't change just because it's hard for you. You gotta, what? Well, God's not gonna lower the bar. Okay, I know, I wrote this 6,000 years ago and I've held everybody to the same standard up until now, but it's a real struggle for you. So what we're gonna do just for you is lower the bar. Now everybody else though, they've gotta still, doesn't work that way. The standard is the standard. There are some things that are hard for me. But I don't say, you know, God change it, man. You got, you messed up. No. I gotta, I gotta say change me. Amen. And so, in our lives, just cause something's been hard or a struggle, we're all accountable. We all stand before God someday. Ask Him, Lord, help me in the name of Jesus to overcome this thing. Amen. All right, and so we're talking about, hey, you can't be one that goes around uh, starting drama. 
All right, let's look at Proverbs 16, 28. Can we get another whistle? That wasn't too good. I think your, your lips are chapped. Somebody get a drink there. <laughs> okay, all right, all right, all right. I know the internet people can't hear this, but it's getting weird up in here. All right. Sunday night, I've just learned the Sunday night crowd is the weird crowd. All right. But that's good. That's good for you. That's good. We love you. We love you. You're the best. You're the best. All right. Proverbs 16, 28. And it says, a troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. A troublemaker plants seeds of strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. And man, it's, it's a sad thing to see relationships destroyed and, uh, and, and people separated simply through gossip. And if you want to be a peacemaker, gossip can have no part of your life. If you want to be a peacemaker, gossip can have absolutely no place in your life. I heard somebody say that some people create their own storms, then get mad when it rains. What's all this? Well, you kind of, you know, you created your own storm there. So now you're going to have to deal with it and, and try to get through that. But, you know, the word of God is so true right here. Gossip and drama are synonymous with each other. They're, they're best friends. They're BFFs. Gossip and drama go together. Where you find one, you'll find the other. Can I get an amen? And it's the absolute truth. You know, when, uh, when Pastor Katie and I first got married, I worked at a, you know, a really great place called Hardy's, all right? <laughs> Carl's Jr. And, uh, and I, I lost my job, sadly, uh, not at Hardy's, but I had a decent job a few weeks before we got married and through a set of circumstances that I won't go through tonight, I lost my job a couple of weeks before we got married. And so here I am, 18 years old, getting ready to marry this girl, and I have to look her down in the eyes and say, I want to marry your daughter. She's in my life, and I don't have a job. <laughs> you know, this is scary, man. I'm looking at that. I'm like, why did he let me marry her? I would have, like, kicked a little twerp in the butt and said, get away from my daughter. Like, what's wrong with you? But anyway, praise God. God opened the door at Hardee's. And so here I am every day, you know, just living my best life, putting on my visor, tucking in my t-shirt and going into work in my no skid shoes. It was great. And, but I noticed that most of the, there, there was this high atmosphere of gossip at the restaurant. And really a lot of it stemmed between the day shift and the night shift. Now, I was on the day shift and I don't know why, but I hated the night shift. I couldn't stand them. And I didn't even know most of them. And then the night shift, they couldn't stand us. So, you know, they thought we were the lazy one. And it went back and forth. And so I just noticed, man, I'm 19 years old at this point. Every day I go in, and I worked mainly with all ladies. I'm just, I'm just saying that. But I'd come in, and all the girls would just show up. And did you see what they did last night? And at first I'm like, oh, that's weird. But after a while, a few months in, I'm like, Girl, hold on. Just listen to this right here. Let me tell you. And I, I was all over it. What? It was so bad. It was awful. As so I noticed, I'd go into work, you know, and I'd be in a bad mood. I'd leave work in a bad mood. Just mad at people that I'd never even seen before. And it was just, it was so, it was, it was terrible. It was stupid. 
it was very unchristian like honestly that's not what a christian acts like they don't do that and so after a while you know i i'm 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 just the lord starts convicting me of this like really you're partaking in gossip and uh, and i and i realized like yeah man and it puts me in a bad mood like i i i don't like it i don't want i just feel yuck man i don't want to feel like that i don't like that and so i determined in my heart i'm done with the gossip if the you know if they all gang up and want to start it i'm going to excuse myself or something but i refuse to partake in gossip any longer my ears are not your trash can you're gonna have to puke your trash somewhere else but it's not going to be on me right and so sure enough the next morning all the girls get together you know and and they're getting ready to start in and and i kind of step aside and and so this girl follows me like hey did you hear about and i was like i gotta be honest and this girl said she was a christian um her fruit said otherwise but her words at least said she was a christian and so she's uh she's like yeah man it starts going i'm like Listen, I, I don't want to listen anymore. I, I gotta be honest. That's gossip. And I don't want to listen or partake in gossip anymore. And she was like, it's not gossip if it's true. I'm like, what? <laughs> what? It's still gossip. It, it's still gossip. If it's not edifying, alright? If it's not building up and encouraging other people, if it's pure negativity, I don't want to hear it. And she got mad at me. And then I found out that I was cut out of the circle. And they all talked about me, I think. I think they were. I'm not sure. But anyway, it didn't matter. I didn't care. Because I don't need that in my life. And so I encourage you, man, at work, at home, at church, wherever, just don't partake in gossip. Don't do it. It's a nasty little thing. And in fact, the Lord hates it. All right. The book of Proverbs does tell us there are seven things the Lord hates. And one of them is gossip. All right. Proverbs 26, 20. We still having a good time. I'm having a great time just looking at your faces. Proverbs 26, verse 20. Amen. And so it tells us this fire goes out without wood. And quarrels disappear when gossip stops. Yeah. I mean, there may be a fire going, right? Sometimes you get a fire going and eventually it'll just burn out and fizzle away if you just don't touch it. If you don't feed into it anymore, it'll just burn itself out. And the same thing right here, it says, is what happens with quarrels. They just fizzle out. They burn out. They disappear when gossip stops. Gossip is fuel to the fire. And so when you stop gossiping, you're taking the fuel of the drama fire away and it's just going to go out. All right. Blessed are the peacemakers. Say that with me. Blessed are the peacemakers. Now, Kenneth Hagin, who we talk about nearly every sermon because, hey, he's just the man. All right. Um, but he had this rule in his life. He determined that he wouldn't gossip or say anything negative about anyone whether it was true or not whether they deserved it or not and i'm telling you, i listen to so many of his sermons day in and day out and most people know him for preaching on faith but really man what he was so much about was love the love of god not the world's fluffy fake 
you know, shallow definition of love, the God kind of love. And he refused. And he had people do horrendous things to him, but he wouldn't even stop and defend himself. He wouldn't even stand up and deny it. He just meant whatever and just walk on down the road. But he said something. Uh, he said it in a lot of his sermons, but I've taken this to heart. He said, if someone is going to act crazy, they're not going to make it anyway. But I'm not going to contribute to their downfall. If you go around acting crazy and, and fighting all the time, you're going down anyway. I'm not going to contribute to your downfall. I'm not cheering for your downfall. I'm not praying for your downfall. I'm not going to be standing behind you to help in your downfall, right? I'm not going to contribute to your downfall. I don't want any part of that. And so I challenge you to have the same attitude. Refuse to talk about other people unless it's something positive. Well, that don't make no sense. Well, I'm just telling you. If you want things to stay exactly the same as they are in your life, keep doing what you've always done. But if you want a different result, if you want peace in your life, refuse to speak negatively about other people, even when they deserve it. Think about Jesus. They're murdering the man. And he says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Come on. That's incredible. People have done bad things to you. They've never crucified you because you're sitting here. You'd be dead, right? (laughs) You've never been crucified or murdered because you're sitting right here. Nobody's done as bad of things to you as they did to Jesus. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. God, don't hold it against them. Forgive them. Forgive them, please. Don't hold this against them. I'm like, wow, that is a whole other level. But I love the results that Jesus got. I admire him more than anybody else in this world. And Jesus really, really, really did it. And so make a quality decision to stay away from drama. Stiff arm it, push it away. You can have drama or you can have joy and peace, but you can't have both. You can have drama or you could have joy and peace, but you can't have both. They can't coexist. You're going to have to make a choice. And I choose to have the joy of the Lord. Number three, number three, this is a deep one. Don't be a snowflake. Number three, that's literally my point. (laughs) It's not funny. Don't be a snowflake. Well, what's a snowflake? That's someone who gets offended and melts down all the time, right? If you're not real familiar with snow in the desert, listen, a snowflake falls and basically the second it, it, it hits something warm, it just melts down and evaporates and it's gone. And, and, and that's what a lot of people are like. Being offended and sensitive is a bigger problem than what you think it is. It's a big deal. And it'll really hurt you. And, you know, out of all the end times prophecies Jesus gave, he gave a lot. All right, Matthew 24, Luke 17, look at the, you know, Jesus prophesied what the world would be like. He prophesied of these crazy weather, of, of pandemics and, and plagues and earthquakes. But, the you know, honestly, the weirdest end times prophecy he made that I see, it's just always kind of like, what? Matthew 24, 10, he said, many will be offended. Many. And I looked that word up. It means the majority. The majority of people in the end times will be offended people. Jesus said that's one of the signs to look out for. When they're so sensitive and soft, you know, when, when, when so many people are just offended on a mass scale, that's one of the signs of the end. Like, that's a sign? Wow! And I'm telling you, as much as we look at all these other 
end time signs that we see, Gog and Magog, Russia invading other countries and Iran being crazy and China, it's all in the Bible. It's all there. But one of the most pointed, blatant prophecies that we see fulfilled is many will be offended. Many will turn away and just leave me all together. And I'm like, whoa, Jesus, you nailed that, man, because that's exactly what our world is like right now. And so you got to understand, we all have offensive things happen to us. You right? Do you ever have offensive things happen to you? I have offensive things happen to me, but we still have the choice to move on and let it go. So we all have offensive things happen to us. But some of the things I see people get offended about are absolute nonsense. Right? <laughs> I mean, you know, listen, just, just silly, stupid things. And I found out that just because you're offended, it doesn't mean you're right. <laughs> I, well, I'm offended. Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. You're right. Oh, my bad. My bad. My bad. My bad. No, no. Just because you're offended and sensitive, that doesn't mean you're right. You know, you may have offensive things happen to you. And again, I found out you may have a right to be offended. But I'm not going to cling to that right. I'm going to cling to the right that says, I can forgive. I can walk in love. If Jesus could do it, I could do it. You look at Acts chapter 7, when uh, Stephen is being brutally murdered by stoning and what does he do? He's like, no, don't hold this against them. Please forgive them. The same thing that Jesus said. If he can do that, come on, man. We can get through some of this stuff. Blessed are the peacemakers. When everyone knows that you get offended at the drop of a hat, you create a fragile environment. And that's definitely not being a peacemaker. You create a fragile environment around you. I like something that the great preacher John Wesley said. And if you don't know who John Wesley was, he is a rock star of preachers, man. This guy was awesome. But John Wesley said back in the 1700s, people who wish to be offended will always find something to be offended about. If you enjoy being offended, you'll always find something to be offended about. You'll find a way to make it happen. Now, I don't ever want to offend anybody. You probably know that about me. I... I don't like offending people. I don't like hurting people. And if I find out that I've offended somebody that doesn't normally get offended, I'll drop everything, man. I'll knock on your door at midnight. I'll do anything I can to make it right if I offend somebody that's not a snowflake. But if somebody tells me, hey, you offended her. And I'm like, oh, that's not. Hey, you want to go to lunch? Let's go. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) listen, if it's somebody that gets offended all the time, I promise you, you think I'm joking. I won't lose a wink of sleep over it. Uh, you know, and that sounds insensitive and mean. But if you didn't get offended about me doing that, you'd get offended about me doing something else. It's a lose-lose situation. And if you weren't offended at me, you'd be offended at Ernest. You'd be offended at little Jenna sitting right there. You'd be offended at somebody. You'd find somebody to, you know, to take you off. And so if you're somebody that just easily gets offended and you're in a bad mood all the time and someone tells me that I've offended you, I don't care. I don't, because you would find something else to be offended about. But if you're somebody that's you're not like that, I will drop everything I can to get to you and to make things right, because I love people. Psalm 119, verse 165, let's go. Psalm 119, verse 165 in the King James, let's do it. Come on, all right? We're coming to a close here. Psalm 119, verse 165, and we use this verse a lot. 
I need to go back through the notes and see, you know, I need to rank verses that we use the most. Because I think this verse is at the top of the list. But Psalm 119 and verse 165 in the King James, in the King James, it says, Great peace have they which love thy law, which love the word of God. Amen. And nothing shall offend them. Nothing. Well, I mean, there's got to be some things. Well, according to the Bible, nothing, right? And so if you love God's word, you take it serious. You're a doer of God's word. You're going to have great peace in your life. And you will, according to scripture, you're pretty much going to be, I don't, I'm trying to make up a word in my mind that I don't think is a real word. So you'll be impossible to offend. All right. Yeah, it's going to be, you're just going to be impossible to offend. Can we hear thunder? Y'all are looking at me like, it's a thing. Sometimes in the sky, you hear these noises come out. It's called thunder. Was it kids or thunder? It was kids. Okay. All right. At this church, you should be used to that. We've got a lot of kids and I've noticed that they're all loud and there's not a quiet one of the bunch. When Laura Cook was here, <laughs> she goes to churches. She goes to like thousands of members churches and she was, and we didn't even have a ton of people that night at the concert. There was a decent turnout, but she saw all these kids just walking out the door. She's like, this is the most fertile bunch of people I've ever seen in my life. I was like, thank you. Yeah. The average one of us has anywhere between four to seven kids. You know, is this, we, we just punch them out around here, man. It's great. So anyway, they're the kids. Don't look as, you know, don't look astonished. We like, I like the noise from the kids because I've been to churches. Mm. I went to a church on the East Coast that's nearly 300 years old. It was the quietest place in the world. Boy, did I sleep good that day. I slept good. Good nap. Very good nap. And I, you know, but uh, there was no kids in the whole place. And I'm like, you know what? I'd rather, you know, have all these little kids running around doing cartwheels and flips and everything that, you know, I, I that's a good thing. I like it. So anyway, uh, but praise God. Who likes to have great peace? Love God's word and don't be a snowflake. Amen. Let's call it a night. All right. No, no, no. I've got one more. What a night, man. Wow. What a night. I've got one more point. I think I put this on there because this is kind of a late edition, but we don't compromise the word. Talking about being peacemakers. All right. Being peacemakers. We are not looking for fights. We're not out looking for drama. None of those things. All right. But then right here, we're talking about you don't compromise the word. We will do everything we can to be a peacemaker, but the one thing we won't do is compromise God's word. I'll lay down my own rights. I'll sacrifice my own comfort. I'll do all sorts of things to, to keep the peace, excuse me, to make the peace, but I won't give up God's word or deny my faith. Because when you compromise your beliefs to keep from offending people that enjoy being offended, they'll still be offended. I'm going to say that again. When you compromise your beliefs to keep from offending people that enjoy being offended, they'll still be offended. It's a lose-lose situation. And, you know, I see statistics all the time about how the American church is declining and losing members, especially amongst young people. Well, another thing that I found out is most churches have wanted to be peacekeepers. The Lord pointed this out to me. He, he, said, he, didn't, he didn't tell me to be a peacekeeper. If I'm just looking to keep the peace and not ruffle any feathers, I'll do anything. I'll compromise. I'll hold back. I'll recant. He didn't tell us to be the peacekeepers. He said to be the peacemakers. 
Blessed are the peacemakers. If there's no peace in that room, I will storm my way in and make peace. But I won't sacrifice my beliefs. I won't lay down the Bible. I won't backpedal on something the Bible says to just keep the peace and avoid hurting fragile feelings. I can't do that. That's wrong and that's sinful. So most churches have wanted to be peacekeepers and please everyone so much that they've turned their backs on the Bible. They'll avoid controversial topics. And there are some things that I do not enjoy preaching about, but I still make myself do it at least a couple of times a year. Human sexuality, abortion, things like that. I don't enjoy talking about those things, but I have to. This is the Bible. It, it addresses it. It deals with it. And if we don't ever speak the truth, then we're compromising. And, and yeah, I would rather just everybody love me and like me and, and think I'm great. And I realize that the only way to maybe do that is to just tell everybody what they want to hear. But I found out that that doesn't last. You can't do it because you can't make everybody happy. So I've given up on making everybody happy and just decided to make the one happy, right? And so there's things that I don't, you know, you don't hear us preaching every week about some things, but I make sure, no doubt about it, at least a few times a year, that I'll address some of these controversial issues, and it's not because I enjoy it, I don't, but I'm not going to compromise the truth just to make everybody feel better. We've got to speak the truth, all right? And so, so many churches have avoided controversial topics or just, well, we don't talk about that, so they could keep people in the doors, but in the end, their numbers are still declining. Because anything you compromise to keep, you will lose. And so, I found out, man, that the more we preach God's truth and God's word and don't back down, the more people come in through these doors. Why? Because contrary to popular belief, there is a percentage of the population that wants the truth. Even if the truth tells them that they're wrong. Right? Because a lot of you guys maybe came in with different things that you always thought were right. And, you know, you've seen Bible verses like, ew, I was wrong. <laughs> what do you do? You run the other way and tell God that he's mean, hateful, judgmental, a bigot, not uneducated, poopy pants. Uh, what? Or do you say, you know what, I've, you know what, hey, I'm wrong, he's right, I don't like it. But I'm wrong, and so i got to change, right? There's, it's, it comes down to that for every single one of us. So the thing that I love about the truth is when you know the truth, John 8, 32, the truth will set you free. And I've determined, man, I don't want to be a slave. I don't want to be in chains to anybody, especially the devil. And so give me the truth. I want to be set free. I don't want to be a prisoner to anybody, especially Satan. Amen. And so to kind of bring it all in tonight for a landing here, uh, Jesus said, blessed are the peacemakers for they shall be called the sons of God in your life. Determine that no matter what you're going to be a peacemaker. You're going to be somebody that, that does your best to live like Jesus did. By default, you're going to rub some people wrong. You're still going to make people mad, no doubt about it. Uh, but listen, you're going to be blessed. You're going to be called a child of God. And man, you can call me a lot of things, but come on. I want to be called a child of God. 
a son of God. Amen. I want to get into heaven someday. I want to be there. And I want him to say, hey, my son's here, my boy. He made it. I've been waiting on you. Yeah? Come on. So blessed are the peacemakers. Amen. All right, let's stand up together tonight. Praise the Lord. Did you receive the word this evening? How many of you did we offend? All right, all right. Man, I thought I'd get somebody out there. All right. I'm sure I rubbed someone the wrong way. So praise the Lord. Well, we're going to go ahead and have our prayer team come on up here this evening. Praise the Lord. I'm going to have Pastor Josh lead us in a little bit of worship here. And if you're here and you need prayer for anything, we'd love to agree with you. And maybe the Lord's working on your heart right now. Maybe God's kind of dealing with you about some things that you could work on or that you could change. Well, this is the time to fight him. This is the time to submit, tap out, say, all right, you win. Hey, hey, you win. I'm not fighting you anymore, Jesus. I submit to you and I'm willing to change. All right, well, let's take a few minutes here as uh, we close out in worship. If you need prayer, if you need agreement, we want to pray with you. But if not, why don't you worship the Lord for a few minutes? You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness. You give hope, you restore every heart that is broken. Great are you, Lord. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise. We pour out our praise. It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness, you give hope. Every heart that is broken, great are you, Lord. You give life, you are love, you bring light to the darkness. Every heart that is broken And great are you, Lord It's your breath in our lungs So we pour out our praise Pour out our praise, it's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise to you only. It's your breath in our lungs. 
things down for tonight. Did anybody receive the word of God tonight? Amen. All right. Well, praise God. Remember, we've got service Wednesday night at seven. It's going to be awesome. And then this coming weekend, hey, let's do it all over again. It's going to be great. Amen. And we're just laying the foundation for this new year. And, uh, you know, remember our verse, Colossians 2-7, you're going to let your roots grow down into Him, and your faith is growing stronger in the truth you were taught. And God is just, this is going to be the best year ever if you'll choose for it to be the best year ever. Amen. All right, well, let's go ahead and pray, and then we'll do our Barstow Faith Confession, and we will let you get out of here. All right. 
Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we thank you for what we have seen in your word tonight. And Lord, we know that it is true. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God, the children of God. And Lord, I pray for every single person here tonight, Lord, that we are going to determine to be the peacemakers everywhere we go. And we're not ever going to back down from the truth, Lord, but we are peacemakers makers and we thank you we refuse to gossip we refuse to stir up trouble lord but we stir up peace everywhere we go use us this week to be peacemakers we love you and we praise you in jesus mighty name can somebody say amen tonight all right let's speak these words of faith over barstow We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you Wednesday. Life comes and goes.